welcome back to Hodlecast. 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 The official name. The official, official people. Name. We're here with producer Mark over on the sticks. Hi, producer yep, Mark. Yep, on the, on the sticks. On the sticks. On the sliders, the faders. He's on the sticks today, folks. The sticks? Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a, you, yeah, the meat drums. Thing. Something used to say it like, you know. Yeah, that's what the cool like people said about drummers. Soft jazz. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Soft jazz concerts. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, they run kill on the sticks. <laughs> Way to be a musician there, sticks. Yeah. <laughs> barely. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Hashtag Mark, barely musician. Um, <laughs> let's talk about something. I was talking about this last night. Uh, I had someone over from church. And we were talking about, uh, we were talking about just, how to say this in the best way possible. We were talking about people and their growing in their faith. And the sometimes the comical nature of the things people say about like learning, growth, discipleship, development, maturity in Christ. And then they do the opposite in their lifestyle. <laughs> and how as, how as pastors, how as leaders, how, how as really just as fellow Christians, how do you help someone walk through the journey of trying to be like Christ when they don't actually want to put any investment in it, but they want it kind of done for them? And kind of example is for pastors, this happens like at every pastor I've ever known, people will always come in and criticize you f- in like a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. You just kind of get used to it. You move on, you laugh about it and you just move on with your day and you do what you're called to do. Which, but one of the things is if, if people don't like a sermon, they may just say, well, that wasn't deep enough for me. And it's usually said by people who are not regular church attenders <laughs> who have all of the excuses of why they don't go to services, why they do other things. But then there's, I'm just looking for something deeper. And the truth is, Depth comes out in your lifestyle. If you really want to be deep, your lifestyle changes. And you live it out. Like a, a mature relationship Christ is deep. Mm-hmm. And that changes the way you live, the way you interact. And so um, I think one of the things we have to stop doing as Christians is, keep, is quit making excuses for our lack of development in the Lord and actually just start doing it. What do you yeah. think? I, I agree. I think what I, I personally, that my observation is, I think what you're talking about is the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Like we can know a whole, I love the, this, the phrase like knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad, right? Like there's a practical application that comes along with wisdom. And I think when we talk about knowledge of scripture, knowledge of scripture is great to have, but the problem is there are so many Christians who are over bloated in their knowledge of scripture mm-hmm. and completely, completely anorexic in their application of scripture. Right. And the and, and I think what happens personally as a pastor is what I watch is normally the people who focus on a, a con- amassing knowledge are typically the people who live out Christ the least. The ones who are focused on living out Christ the most amass the most knowledge. <laughs> Right and the most genuine knowledge, most wisdom. That that's what I'm saying is like wisdom and knowledge are not exactly, exactly. I can learn facts and not not change and not change me. Like I know a lot of facts about history. Oh yeah, they actually mean nothing and don't do anything for my life. But I know facts. I can tell you facts and I can be right about my facts. But doesn't actually do anything for me. No. And and the same thing happens in the the realm of Christianity. Let's just be transparent. When I came to Heart Lakes, there was a I think they were in the running about 60 people mm-hmm. before we came. And ultimately, there was a lot of Bible knowledge. 
there wasn't a lot of application across the this gamut. Now we have people here that are still attending from back then. And it's not, I'm not saying that that's universal. What I'm saying was the church was at odds. People were fighting with each other terribly. The denomination did not know what to do to help them survive. And they basically told me to come in and try to restart it. And because it was so bad. So there was a ton of knowledge that people had gained and a depth that they thought they went in their understanding of knowledge, but it didn't actually change the relationships. It didn't actually grow the church. The church was dying. Um, and that's, that's essentially, I came here because I was like, yeah, it sounds like my kind of project. Yeah. So it was like perfect for me because I like to fix things. And um, it was just, a, it was, you know, I think God brought me here for a reason. We love being here, but it's, we see this over and over again with churches. And as we talk to the pastors, that's the problem. So many people think just the acquisition of knowledge is enough of a relationship with the Lord. I, I don't think it's a relationship with the Lord at all. I got a lot of acquisition of knowledge about the Roman empire, but I'm not Roman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I could, I mean, you, that's the Pharisees. It's a hundred percent the Pharisees. It's the Pharisees spent years and years and years de- devoting themselves to learning the, the Jewish texts to learning the 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 Pentateuch, and it didn't it didn't change their hearts. Like, and and my dad said one thing. I remember when I was when I was in high school, I read the Bible for knowledge, and my I remember my dad saying, like, if when you sit down to read Scripture, if your goal is not humility, then you've missed the point. Like, right. the goal of reading Scripture is not actually knowledge. Like, I know that sounds kind of wonky, but the goal of Scripture is life change, and the cornerstone for life change is humility. It's this idea that, like, I don't know well enough, and I need to be taught. Like, it's like the Ethiopian on the road. I remember having a conversation right. in high school when you had a lot of Bible knowledge because you grew up in church. I would study. Uh, I would do. Were, I study like an hour a day. A mean Pharisee. I was. I was terrible. Do you remember what I told you? Accused you of doing? Of what? Uh, no, I don't. But I, I was terrible. Like remember, I was bad. Remember Big John? Oh, oh my John? gosh! I was so bad. Yeah. He hit him with the holy tube before he beat him with the holy. I said, "You just beat that guy in with front the holy of tube and, and, I, and I shame, I'm ashamed of that." Still, yeah. to say because in front of a bunch of our peers, a high school kid who was just trying to figure out his faith, I basically used my Bible knowledge as a bludgeoning hammer against this kid. Yeah. Who and I probably I'll be honest with you, I don't know where John is. I, I pray I, that's one of my biggest regrets in my life is I pray that I didn't turn him away from Jesus because I was such an ill representation of Christ. Like. That is he ended, up having, he ended up having a great week. So, yeah. I mean, I think you yeah. would bump on the, yeah. those journey. Plans. But, I mean, those are things like I – but I also think here, – here's my here's the but thing. But I think that's what people do. Yeah. You mass knowledge, and I just could tell you how, how great my yeah. knowledge is and make you feel terrible and insignificant because yeah. I have so much knowledge. The problem is that's not love. No. That's not application. That's not life change. It's arrogance. It's, uh, yeah. it's arrogance. Well, arrogance is pride. Yeah. And pride is one of the worst things you can have in Scripture. I mean – Pride comes before your fall. I mean, we, we were talking. Actually, it's funny because Mark and I were talking about the same thing last night. Talking like it's great because, like, Mark, you mean you can weigh in on this? Like, you joined a bunch of these. Like, there's a bunch of groups on Facebook, which is great. Right. There are all these theological groups, and like the goal is like to learn more, to learn more. But then all you get is all these people that are reaming at each other, hitting and, each other with and, holy two and it's miserable. Yeah. Pretty much grabbing at each other's yeah. necks. Every single post has a comment yeah, that somebody's trying to fight. How stupid you said. are! How much you don't know! Like, yeah, I'm right. in. I'm in it with pastors, and it's just like it's these are pastors who all are supposed to be loving the Lord, mm-hmm. building the, the kingdom of God together, and all they do is fight and tell each other how stupid and wrong. And they're do you know what I think? Do you know what I think? <laughs> 
This it's is disgusting, my personal truth. opinion. This is my it personal is. opinion. Yeah. I'm going to dis- this is a disclaimer. This is my personal opinion. So if it goes out there, this is not a representation of Hoddle. This is purely a representation of Pastor Cody. I don't think that people come to Christ more when you call out false teachers. I don't think that actually no. helps in the discipleship no, I process. I actually think that what happens is you look like to the world like you're an arrogant jerk of a person who's trying to belittle somebody else with your knowledge. And I have never, and, and I'm not saying it's never been done. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying it's never been done. But I have never witnessed somebody call somebody out for her, for heresy or from their perspective or hold somebody to a, to a standard of Scripture that they've learned and have somebody go, oh, my gosh, that was so Christ-like of you. In fact, I've, it's been the opposite. It looks like like a riot mob. Looks like you're vindictive, yeah. Yeah, like you're, all you're doing I, mean, I is, don't know anybody that's ever been accused of heresy that's actually changed anything No, by people accusing of heresy. And typically, if you're a pastor and you haven't been accused of being a heretic or being a cult leader, yeah. you really aren't doing your job. <laughs> I mean, every pastor I've ever worked for has been called a heretic or a cult leader, and I have been called a heretic. It just is like Some the guys, badge of honor. And, and, so uh, and let me be very not, clear. Not We've not, uh, we, you leader, and I have not so. just play, just lived in one denomination. No. We've been in, in Baptist churches. We've been in we've been in it's churches of God everywhere. churches. We've been in brethren churches. Like, it is the same everywhere. Everybody thinks that they've got the corner market on theology. And the problem is the study and pursuit Anybody of theology. Anybody who's not in your corner is a heretic. Exactly. And the problem is the study of theology is not intended for you to amass great knowledge, it's for you to amass great wisdom and use that wisdom for to help others have life change mm-hmm. through the example of your life and the living out of the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was going to be honest with you. Um, the culture and the times and everything that happened around the stories in the first century BC, it doesn't matter if you're a terrible person. Yeah. It if it doesn't change you, if God's living word doesn't change you, and you you are a terrible person who treats others terribly. You are proud. You're arrogant. You're yeah. rude. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know. It doesn't matter how much first century culture you know. None of that matters because you're leading people away from Christ, not to Christ. Oh, and oh. what matters more than anything is that you're leading people to Christ, that they want to be in relationship with Christ because of you. I don't remember what pastor told me this, but I love this. It still sticks with me when I read. But I and I, and maybe it's, maybe this will help you. I don't know if it does, but. I remember we were talking about reading the Gospels, and I remember growing up, I, you may feel the same way, I remember when you read the Gospels and Jesus talked to the Pharisees, you were like, yeah, get them, Jesus, because the Pharisees, in our mind, were the bad guys. And I remember a pastor saying, hey, guys, Jesus loved the Pharisees. He was friends with them. Like, you, you don't understand. He was friends with them. Like, the betrayal of Judas is what we focus on, but Jesus was also betrayed by guys that he spent his life studying, studying with and alongside because of the way that they would have known each other, and he studied in the temple with them. He knew them. They weren't some strangers that he had yeah, I don't know that we could make the claim that he was friends with them because we don't have that context. But, but he we, loved them. We, we know, know he, he was, loved them, right? These were acquaintances so, with, with but, them, for sure. And so the other thing is, when we read the Gospels, we a lot of times read them like we're the disciples, we aren't. We are the Pharisees, and we should read like we're the Pharisees because when I mean, Jesus churches really, are full of Pharisees, exactly. That's, we create basically churches create Pharisees, but it's, cha- it's changed the way that I read Scripture because instead of thinking like, "Oh, I'm just sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning like a disciple," I go, "Oh my gosh, he's, the words that he's saying to the Pharisees apply to me as well." If like, you only come on Sunday morning, that's all you do. Every once in a while, you're a Pharisee. 
we're just creating you and turning you into a Pharisee. I, I believe that. When you become a disciple, it's because you're intentionally living in relationship with the Lord and you're growing closer on your own in faith with Christ. Yes, you're also attending a church. You're part of a bigger community. But you have to do more than just be part of a community. If you don't think that you're growing and you're not going deep enough in your faith, it's your fault. It's nobody else's fault. Like, I believe I could go to any church and find a way to grow deeper in mm-hmm. my faith yeah. because it's, I don't need a church for me to grow deeper in my faith. Mm-hmm. I need to deep to dig deep on my own. I need to study. I need to learn. I need to stretch. I need to, to go seek the Holy Spirit and his guidance and God's living word. I need to get involved in Bible studies and small groups and prayer groups and whatever I need to do. That's how I get deeper. Churches, when I go to church on Sunday, it's all about bringing everything I am to glorify God together with other people who are, should be doing the same thing in their own life. The problem is we've created a culture of consumerism where I think I got to go to church and I got to get something out of it or it's just not deep enough for me. And you're never going to be fulfilled. You're just going to bounce from church to church, basically probably leaving a wake of frustrated relationships and people who see you for who you truly are. And you're going to leave that and go to the next place until you do it again. And like, that's sad. And I've watched that happen every church I've ever attended or, or pastored. And it's just sad to see that people just don't get how life-changing the gospel can be if you live it out. I think it's important to make the distinction, too. It's okay for, for people who've never been in church, who don't really have a relationship with Jesus, to come and figure it out, right? And they're pursuing their preference because that's just where they're at. If, you're, if you've been in relationship with Jesus, like— and you have a what you would call a growing, you're dedicated to Christ, and you're still seeking out preference, like over action, right? If you're still seeking out what your preference is over finding a community of people who serves together and and worships together and is pursuing humility and the lifestyle of Christ, and like maybe you're just missing it. Like yeah. maybe you're just missing exactly what Jesus was all about. And maybe... You have to take a deep, long, deep look inside and go, where Where do I need to be? Where does my heart need to be changed? And where do I need to go from here? Not right. what does this church need to do to change me? Like, so that it fits my preferences or my bubble. Because, like, I, I, I saw this. I mean, I've seen this a couple times, but it's like, if Paul saw the American church, we'd be getting a letter. You know, have you seen that? Like, we would definitely be getting a letter. Oh, the know? American church, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, and the truth is we would get a letter. And the problem is, here, here's the thing. This is, this is the reality. I'm not, I'm not pastoring here at this church because I'm doing it for any of the people that are coming. And I think people think, oh, the pastor's here because he wants to be here and, and wants to pour into me. I'm here because I'm serving in the capacity which God has called me to, and I'm doing it for him. My messages are for him. They're not for other people. They're not for the people that come. I know people think they are. I'm preaching what God puts on my heart to preach through his Holy Spirit that's living and active in me. And I'm doing that to be a servant to my king. Often, often people hear way different things that are said in my message than what I actually say because the Holy Spirit's living and active in them and trying to speak to them through whatever words I say. I'm not even necessary. I don't think any pastor is even necessary for people to understand their Savior. But we are called to do this and be faithful. We are called to live in community. If, if I wanted to just go grow a big church that was all about feeding my pride and making me seem great, I would have already left Heart Lakes a long time ago, like every pastor does, and bounced to another bigger church with a bigger congregation, and then I would have bounced from there, grew a little bit, and bounced another one. I mean, I know how to grow a church. That's not a hard thing to do. We're here because 
God has called us to be here, to be in this community, to create deep relationships, to fulfill the role we're called to do. And whoever is called to come in these doors, great, awesome. But that is the call. Like, I, if someone needs to leave our church to go somewhere else, to be more, to to grow more, to deepen their relationship with their spouse, to to fix a marriage, I'm I'm the first person to tell them that. Like, you know this. I've told three people last week they might want to leave our church because if that's what they need to do to go work on their marriage or to get their spouse to come, then great, go do it. Like, yeah, I said the same kingdom thing. first always, and that's that's the mindset that we have. The problem is we have churches full of people that are not kingdom first. It's me first. What's in this for me? What am I going to get out of this? How am I going to feel better about my life, my situation? How am I going to feel like I'm growing? And it's, it, it really should be all about Christ and what I bring and what I offer to him. And I really feel that. Um, <clears throat> I really feel that on a, on a deep, like on a personal level, I feel like that is one of the sorest subjects for pastors in the church. Because like when you look at, you know, we've talked about this before. The average, the average stay of a youth pastor, average, is 18 months at right. a church. Because what happens is... An average guys, pastor, four years. An average pastor's yeah. four years. And what happens is, I think the life cycle is, somebody goes, they're excited, they're trying to cast vision, they're trying to see things happen, and the people are so resistant that they run them off. And so the only solace a pastor has is, okay, either I'm going to sit and make my take my family through misery mm-hmm. to make this happen... Or I'm going to I'm going to just grit my teeth and bear it, and and potentially wreck my what wreck my marriage, wreck my ministry, destroy my resume, and not be able to get hired somewhere else, right? Or I can just go somewhere else and see if if somebody else is more receptive. And and so for pastors, I mean, you talk about the consumer mentality, like it's it's killing the way that pastors pastor because it's no longer. I'm going to come in here and do what God's called me to do, establish within this community. It's just like nobody, nobody, it makes you, it's like nobody wants me here. Right. Well, nobody wants me here. And then you're questioning, I know guys who question their calling. Yep. I know we, I mean, we have a friend who's going through this right now. It's just like, I don't even know if I want to do ministry for a while. Yeah. You know? I just talked to him yesterday. And, and it's like, I, I think I'm done with churches. I'm done with church yeah. people. I'm done pastoring. And like, honestly, I'm just, I've had it. I'm, I'm not going to, I've been there a hundred percent. I've been there. You've been there. I know you've been there. Like, it's like, why would it one, you know, the joke we kind of make is like, I could one pastor school wake, make way better money doing other stuff with a quarter of the amount of stress that we deal with. And I'm, this isn't like a whining podcast about pastors and what we have to deal with, but it is true. And I think it's indicative of where people are at in the American church. I think there's this idea that I am here to be served and my needs must be met. And the problem is that has to shift because the yeah. body of Christ is all about how you can serve and you can be a blessing. I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're probably not one of the people we're talking about because <laughs> they're yeah, usually I mean, that's, that's not putting accurate, in yeah. any extra effort or they're listening to this to say, oh, look, those are heretics and cult leaders. Uh, so welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the show. We Thanks love you listening. too. If you call us a false teacher, <laughs> we love you. Go ahead and clip that part yeah. back where I said if you're not haven't made it as a cult leader yet, you haven't made it. And so like, yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll love that one. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, that's what happens, right? And yeah. so how you how you listen to this information we're talking about with people is you go you go have hard conversations with people. Like you don't you don't go attack them, you don't take the holy two by four, but when you know some of your life and you know they're a Pharisee, you know that it's all about what they get out of the stuff, call them to, to call them on it lovingly. Just say, hey, like, Cody, that's not a proper perspective of Sunday morning services. That's not, like, what are you doing? What are you doing in your own life to grow? Like, are you in a small group, in a life group? Like, 
challenge the perspective that they have because their perspective is wrong. Because if they're not intentionally growing and getting fed themselves, they're never going to be part of a community and they're never going to be really becoming disciples of Christ. And that's scary because what does that mean for their actual faith? Do they have faith or not? And, and it concerns me that they probably don't. And it's probably more of a, you know, it's more of a historical tradition of attending church than it is an actual living, breathing faith in, with the relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's my concern. So if you're listening to this and you want to know what I do with this information, because maybe if you're listening to this, you're probably trying to grow deeper in your faith, help others, love them. But know that we're supposed to have hard conversations. We are supposed to keep each other accountable to growing in Christ. And if you have people yeah. in your family, your friend group, your spouse, your kids, your parents that aren't, push them. I pushed back to my parents. They didn't like it when I hit college because it was like a lot of stuff I learned in my church was not exactly, it wasn't in the Bible. So we had a lot of hard conversations. I pushed back. But it was great because my parents, I did it in a loving way, and we did it through study and getting in the Word. And my parents, they understood too that, yeah, those are not exactly what the Bible said about some of these topics. So now I uh, go to movies and I... I like like to play board games, and so because um, those things aren't mentioned in scripture. <laughs> so, uh, Do you even own a deck of cards? I own oh. I own a deck of cards, oh, yeah, man. and dice. Oh, wow. So, yeah, wow, we were shooting dice. <laughs> I, I would say I would say this. Like, I think I think it has been my experience, and you. I mean, you've been in this, my experience, but I feel like you do a great job of this. I feel like discipleship and being somewhere right where you're focused on actually developing and growing in the body of Christ. Like that looks a lot more like, like <laughs> I would say this, like as we're encouraging one another, it looks a lot more like trying to find people you want to be like than trying to nitpick the people that are there. You know what I mean? Like, like there are amazing, incredible, godly people here at Heart of Lakes. There just are. Like, there are some people who blow my mind. Yeah, yeah every week. I think that's why we're why we're here. They are. There are people that get it like, and are growing. And and they're in. And you know what? So if you're if you feel like you're stuck in a group where all you're hearing is constantly negative, you're in the wrong about, group. You're in the wrong group. Go find another group. Yeah. There's like, and and here's the problem. He was like, oh, I don't want to lose my friends. Well. I, like here's the deal. I tell people this all the time: like, get out of that life group, get out of that yeah. group, get out of the Bible study, if go you're do with something different. Who are like, just a constant negative, yeah. like misery loves company. So, like you got to ask yourself: Do I like feeling? Do I like feeling miserable? No. But then the thing or is, do I, like like, I don't want to lose my Christ. friends. Are they really friends? Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. question. Like your friends should be pushing you onward in your faith, encouraging you to grow and deepen in their understanding. Should be caring for you. And if that they're not doing that, they're not your friends. No, they're just. They're just affinity group partners, and you don't you don't need more affinity groups. You need people yeah. who really walk through life together with you. Hopefully, that's what Heart Lakes is for you. Hopefully, if, if it's becoming that, we, we make our numbers, our phones available. Yeah. You can text us at any Every time. Week. People do not take us up on that. And well, I mean, people do take us up on that. Well, not, some, some do. Not, but not everybody. Not, not and, as much as should. And a lot of times, there's people who will spend more time talking about the problem than talking to the people they have a problem with. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's just gossip. Like that's, and so like when we're talking through issues of consumerism in the church and what are the issues? Like, I, I, I think, I think it comes down to where's your heart and what are you trying to pursue? Yeah. And you're, you're responsible for your own growth and your relationship with Christ. No pastor, no church, no life group. No one is responsible for you. If you want to grow deeper in your relation, Lord, then do it. Don't make excuses to why you're not growing and blame it on the experience that you're not having somewhere. It's you. You truly can go to any church, anywhere that loves the Lord and loves his word and grow. No matter what music they have, no matter what style of preaching they have, yep. it, you control that. 
And if you're struggling because you're not growing, know that you control that. No one else does. And, and you got an issue of, of discipleship that you need to work out in you. And if you need help, you know how to get our phone numbers. You know how yeah. to get our emails. Reach out. We'd love to help you walk through it. Not to chastise you, but to encourage you that you can live for the Lord and you can do it in a way that you're growing in relationship with him and that, that growth then helps and impacts others. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Hoddlecast. Peace.